The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of love touches earth in the humility of Christ. Here where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your choices, selections for ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us come Sunday. Today we acclaim a gospel of a love song. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice to be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers. And because in our weakness we can do nothing good without you, give us the help of your grace, that in keeping your commandments we may please you both in will and deed, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, in this season, we listen to the verses of the Sermon on the Mount in our gospel in just a few minutes. These verses may be heard as a call to a high love ethic in the voice of Jesus. These verses may be heard as the Church of Matthew's time practicing an interim ethic awaiting the proximate return of Christ. These verses may be heard as the church later so did understand them as a reminder to us because of our incapacity to fully practice them of our need for humility. But whether we hear in these verses a call to rigor or a call to patience or a call to humility, together we are called to confession. So let us, as the choir sings our Kyrie, bow for a time of quiet confession. May we pray. Thou whose property is always to have mercy, shower us, cleanse us with thy grace and pardon and peace, we pray. Amen. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Song of Solomon chapter 2, verses 8 through 13, and chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. The voice of my beloved, look, he comes leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. 
The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, passion fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, a raging flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If one offered for love all the wealth of one's house, it would be utterly scorned. The word of the Lord.
Please join me in praying together verses from Psalm 119 with the Antiphon. are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Happy are those who keep his decrees, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous ordinances. I will observe your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of our hymn. Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. Glory to you, O Lord. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, or whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
seated. The song of love acclaimed in the ancient canticle read earlier is a love song human and divine of flesh and of spirit, of heart and of soul, of mind and of heart all. It is a potent word before us today. In another space in scripture we overhear, three things are too wonderful for me, four I cannot understand. The way of a ship on the high sea, the way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent upon the rock, and the way of a man and a woman. Behold the love song of Ecclesiastes, of the Song of Solomon, of the wisdom literature of the Hebrew scripture. Some years ago, an undergraduate came to speak with a teacher she hardly knew out of a large religion class in a small religious college. After acquaintance, tears came. Many of us are not readily, quickly acquainted with tears. And when they do come, thus, as in this case, they are overwhelming. They are a physical jolt. It is an existential mayhem. And down they came, this torrent of tears. No matter how much she tried to stop, down they came. Though No matter how much she apologized, there was no reason for apology. We were made for laughter and tears both. Nonetheless, the cascade continued. No matter how much she protested, saying, this is not who I am. I am independent, strong. Nonetheless, the river flowed and flowed. She had been able to withstand, uh, I think I remember the phrase, her boyfriend's decision to see other people, or at least so she thought, some weeks earlier, but then she asked, if so, why am I mired in melancholy still? And boxes of Kleenex later, she found her sea legs, her footing again. She found a little bit of self-mockery to go along with wonder and vulnerability, and she said something like, you know, I have learned just how real love can be because it hurts so much. Most churches have prayer request boxes. One prayer request, memorable it was, came. It read, because this lesson of the song of love goes from generation to generation. Why is marriage so difficult? Does it ever get any easier. Could you pray for us in our difficulties? Help me find forgiveness. Love means having to say, you're sorry. I was wrong. I apologize. In the autumn, our choir, after one of their rigorous Thursday practices, went for refreshment together. And there we were reminded by a certain alto voice of a film from 40 years ago. Most present had no idea of who Eric Segal was or what his classics teaching at Yale consisted of or what his bestseller become movie love story was about or that connection between Boston and New York of love between man and woman and father and son so vertical and horizontal both that story of love and loss which ends with the theme love means never having to say you're sorry to which one retorted well, that's not true. Love is all about sorry. This is our love song. We learn 
over time the measure of human love. There are two steps, no, two verses in this song of love. The first is in the text in full, passionate, fierce, frantic, all. You will not find a more powerful description of sensuous human love than right smack in the heart of the Bible in the Song of Solomon. Arise, my fair, my loved one, and come away, for lo, the winter is past, the rains have come and gone, the flowers are blossoming upon the earth, the time for singing has come, and again the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. Well, we can go also to, we'll try it now, chapter 4. You are beautiful, my beloved. You are beautiful. Your eyes are doves beneath their veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats coming down the mountain of Gilead. Your teeth are like a flock of newly shorn ewes. Your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your cheeks are like the halves of a pomegranate. I am going to stop chapter 4 there. (laughs) It is not because I don't remember the next verses. They are very memorable. But we have a radio congregation to address. I'll simply close it off. You are fair, my beloved, all fair. There is no flaw in you. We recognize over time the power, the peril, the reality of human love. Of all manner, we can expand the categories and conditions to include all present. We recognize in the scripture, which often is truer to life than life itself, and also in our lived experience. And the song of love of the scripture celebrates this earthly, human, bodily, soulful first step in love. Sometimes the church loses our voice when it comes to love, but today, for a moment, hearing Solomon, we will simply, as does this writer, delight in delight and sing a love song. Oh, I, as a pastor and as a minister and in a university setting, I might hope for a little more caution than is here, a little more admonishment, a little more teaching, a little more of what one generation might say to another. This is your beauty, Marsh Chapel. You have generation to generation connection without family complexity. You're here one to another. We can learn with and from each other. I might wish that My own rephrasing of Jack Toole's statement were more present to us in singleness, I would say, in singleness, integrity, and in partnership, fidelity. I might want a little memory of our dear friend with whom the sermon began, but nonetheless, with joy, we celebrate this song of joy. And yet, the love song does not stop there because there's a second verse. Now, this is a traditional reading of the song. It, we must admit, is not found in the text itself. It is traditional from the time of the rabbis to listen to this passage and others as an allegory of Yahweh's love for Israel. And, of course, the church later on quickly deemed this the love of Christ for his church. But this is not like Hosea, who's up front and says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. Now, there we have. No, Solomon is about a very 
real human set of experiences. And yet, and yet, what is dethroned in our interpretation of scripture, we might say, is recrowned in our own experience. That is, what will prepare us for divine intimacy, if not human intimacy? What will ever prepare us for covenant with the divine, except human covenant? What will ever show us the way of fellowship with the divine, if not some measure of human fellowship? What will ever prepare us for relationship with God, except relationship with one another? No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God's love abides in us, and God's love is perfected, made whole in us. Why else would Plato have written so beautifully and carefully about the gift of friendship? Why else would the author of the fourth gospel have described discipleship in terms of beloved? Why else would Bernard of Clairvaux, we sing his hymn in a moment, have written 86 sermons on the Song of Solomon and he never got past the second chapter? Why else would St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross taken pastoral love poetry from Italy and made it into a kind of description of nuptial mysticism, a way of intimacy with the divine. Oh, we recognize in the stages of Bernard's teaching, four stages of an ethic of love, our way of understanding this love song moves us toward its second verse. So I'm going to make an invitation to you just now. That is, I invite you to a better life. This is not a criticism of your current life. I invite you to a better life. This is not a traditional altar call, but it is a sincere personal invitation to you to make this love song in both its verses your very own. I invite you to cherish friendship and bathe friendship like a lover in the warm baths of time and attention. I invite you to honor partnership and to bathe it like a lover in the warm baths of time and attention. I invite you to enjoy affection and to bathe affection like a lover in the warm baths of time and attention. I invite you to reverence marriage and to bathe marriage like a lover in the warm baths of time and attention. Because your capacity to sing the second verse of this love song may change you in an eternal and everlasting way so that this friendship, this kind of friendship, will frame your heart in a divine contour. This kind of partnership will ready your spirit for commerce with the divine.
This attention to affection will prepare your soul for lasting intimacy. And this regard for marriage may just open you to God. Or at least, so we read in the wisdom literature of the Hebrew scripture and in this canticle, this song of Solomon, set my seal upon your heart, set my seal upon your arm. Love is as strong, stronger than death. Love is as hard, harder than hell. Many waters cannot drench it, nor can floods drown it. Amen. to the altar rail if it is your tradition to do so, and join the choir in singing our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. to hear when we pray in the name of your Son. Therefore, in confidence and trust, we pray for the Church. 
creator of all, lead us and every people into ways of justice and peace that we may respect one another in freedom and in truth. Awaken in us a sense of wonder for the earth and all that is in it. Teach us to care creatively for its resources. We pray for the community. God of hope, comfort and restore all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. May they know the power of your healing love. Make us willing agents of your compassion. Strengthen us as we share in making people whole. We remember those who have died and those who mourn. We remember with thanksgiving those who have died in the faith of Christ and those whose faith is known to you alone. Loving God, into your hands we commend them. Give comfort to those who mourn. Fill the emptiness of their loss with your never-ending peace. We pray for all your saints who have entered eternal glory. May their example inspire and encourage us. May we pray for ourselves and our ministries. God of truth, inspire with your wisdom those whose decisions affect the lives of others, that they may act with integrity and courage. Give grace to all whose lives are linked with ours. May we serve Christ in one another and love as he loves us. And we are confident to pray in the words Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, we pause to take a moment to welcome, especially those who are new in our midst. We ask the congregation together to note the announcements found in our worship program. 
We especially uh, remind all we are a tithing community. We are learning over time to discipline ourselves to the generous offering of 10% of our, of our uh, income each year. And we encourage your growth and generosity as the collection in a moment is taken. Also online giving is possible for the radio congregation at our website. If you please, and we'll take a moment to use the red pads that are found on the aisle so that we may note one another's presence and greet one another by name. And following service, I know you will want to thank personally and warmly our inner strength gospel choir and their director, Herbert Jones, who has been with us many years and brings great gifts here. We are fortunate twice a term to have the choir with us because they have road trips to take, trips to go on and places to sing to represent us and to represent the university and we are grateful for their presence. With these thoughts and concerns before us, let us continue to worship by presenting our tithes and offerings.
Gracious God, we give because we have faith, and through our faith we love, not perfectly, but honestly. Use these gifts in service to you and in service to others so that our love might become whole in us and through us as a reflection of you. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. Amen.